Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? I know. I know. We're hanging in there. We got the inauguration coming up. I hope you're all super stoked and ready for that. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching for multiple reasons. <laughs> Usually I'm just watching because it's a powerful event. Now I'm also watching to see, God forbid, if anything happens, which I hope not. Um, I don't want to dramatize it, but uh, whew, keeping an eye on that. Uh, got a great show planned for you, though. We're going to be talking about happiness. Yes, something that's very misunderstood, uh, as well as talking about COVID, emotional exhaustion. Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page, so weigh in on that. Let's just talk about some scary stats. This came out over the weekend, one death every six minutes. That's LA right now. So uh, yeah, LA is quite a COVID hotspot. Uh, this is coming out of uh, NBC News. One person dies every six minutes. That hurts my heart. Last week, we saw that one in three had been infected with COVID. Oh my God, do you, do you understand what these numbers mean? I'm not familiar what with what the numbers are in other states, but uh, there's some states that are crack-a-lacking like we are not in a pandemic. I'm looking at you, Florida. Y'all are out there with no masks, not social distancing, just carrying on with your lives. And oof, remember, that impacts yourselves, but also others. I looked at a uh, some lung scans of uh, people that are non-smokers, non-COVID, then people that are smokers, and then COVID, post-COVID lungs. Post-COVID lungs look worse than a smoker, a smoker of decades. Sit with that for a second. COVID, for a few days, can lead to long-term lung damage to a point where lung scans look worse than a smoker of decades. Sit with that while you all want to go party. <laughs> like, that's a big deal. And please don't think because you're young, all's well. We're seeing this coming out in all different age groups, right? Um, so God bless that. We're also looking and talking about um, different forms of proposed pandemic relief. Biden wants to cancel a small amount of student loans, 50,000, 10,000. Um, that for many, especially the 10,000, puts a small dent in there. Any amount's helpful, but y'all can do a little bit better than that. I'd love for you to cancel all student loans so people can relieve themselves of that burden. I don't believe people should have to go into debt to get educated. And then education is mandatory in a lot of industries. So it's like you set people up for failure. They won't let you into the industry without paying these high prices to get student, uh, to get diplomas, right? And then you go into debt that you're then working even harder to pay back. What kind of system is that? Like it sets you up for failure. Like how about making it easier for people to just live lives? But also Biden's calling for raising the minimum wage up to $15 an hour. Uh, it's a little bit of a Bernie thing, but um, yeah, I think it should be higher than that. 
I don't know any state, and we were talking about this a few months ago, where we're looking at the average rent and no one can live off a minimum wage and still afford in most cities a one-bedroom apartment. That is not okay. The minimum wage should match (laughs) what actually is going on in the world. And if minimum wage does not allow someone to even rent a one-bedroom, how is someone going to help run a family that way? Not going to work, not going to work. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let's see also what happens with Biden canceling student loans. Because 10000 they ain't going to do much. <laughs> and people were laughing about that. They're like, thank you, but that puts a small dent in it. Also, we're talking about studies going back to uh, corona that they're saying with the way the new virus is spreading and possible new variants of it that you should avoid optional trips where before we weren't saying like, Hey, put on your mask and you're good. But we were understanding that it might pop out for a candy bar. Now they're saying, Oh my God, only go if you have to get stuff delivered, but you know, don't go unless it's mandatory. That's a new level of anxiety. So I've been trying to do that myself before I was taking a lot more walks. I was following all the protocols, but I'd pop out for this or that. Now I'm trying to not go out every single day. Um, I'm trying to kind of do a larger shopping run when I have to, um, so pay attention to that, that kind of, that stuff really, 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 really matters. Um, yeah, uh, we have to get everyone to kind of follow this so we can knock this out. I can't imagine. And again, the vaccines are rolling out fast and furious here. We have Disneyland that's opened up. People are waiting up to like three hours <laughs> to get their vaccination. And again, for many, many of us, we're, we're down the road. We're not in the first batch. Um, so we have to kind of collectively still come together and uh, knock this bad boy out. And uh, I want to just close this opening segment with something really beautiful. Every now and then I come across really moving things like this. So there's a dad to be, and he realized that for blind parents, they're not able to see the scan of the embryo of the child. So he started, listen to this one, embroidering the scans of the embryo so that blind parents can see their child. How beautiful is that? This is coming out of, uh, is that England, Mansfield? I don't know where Mansfield is. But basically he had stitched together a picture of his son's 12 week scan. And uh, he had accepted, sort of accepted, he's blind, that he would never see the image. And said the present was a complete shock when this person had, had, had done the embroidering for him. Um, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that. I'm looking at the picture right now. That's why I'm kind of like not talking consistently. It's really stunning. I never would have thought of something like that, but yeah, now they can actually see their child. Isn't that beautiful? Crafts, crafts being used in revolutionary ways, but those kinds of things matter. You know, we take stuff like that for granted. Those of us that are sighted, um, that it leaves a lot of people out. So anyway, good stuff to come. We got a great show planned. As I said, uh, stick around and love line question of the night up. So wait in on that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about happiness. Who doesn't want to increase happiness in their life at both work and both at home? It's interesting. There's so many books written on this topic. Um, I want to give you first the global, global answer. Um, happiness is a byproduct, a byproduct, excuse me. We can find moments of joy throughout our day, right? We eat an ice cream cone, puts a smile on our face. Someone sends us a uh, compliment puts a jo- you know a little smile on her face that's joy bursts joy is bursts happiness is more of a lower level and it's usually related to contentment 
And that's the word I actually prefer to use. We use, you know, happiness because it's a buzzword, but it's more so about contentment. That's what we should be shooting for. How can we be content? Now, a lot of the research I look at looks at minimalization as a really powerful uh, path towards contentment, simplifying, you know, getting really comfortable with what is, not longing for things, not having envy for things. It doesn't mean you don't have to have goals or interests. (laughs) You're allowed to want things and to plan for things and to strive for things. But that can also keep you trapped in this idea that happiness is something that I can't have now and I'm working towards. Or this trap of I'll be happy once I dot, dot, dot. Now these things down the road don't promise happiness. I'll give you a little bit of example. Over my break, um, I had something planned. Um, You know, following COVID protocol. And uh, what I imagined it was going to be, it was not. And so this happiness that I was hoping or waiting for turned out to not be. You know, we say, oh, once I have a partner, I'm in love, I'll be happy. Nope. Once I have kids, once I have a house, the job, career, it's very material driven. Where contentment is just, I'm learning how to be happy with what I have. But the larger point, and then we're going to get into some specifics because we can lay the foundations upon which happiness can emerge, is living a life rooted in meaning and value. Is your time in your day? rooted in things that give you meaning and value purpose a purpose-driven life is how we live the most content and happy life and so that's what you have to really ask yourselves is my life centered in purpose and meaning because that's what will create happiness it's impossible (laughs) to be fully content or happy if your day time and your life is rooted in things that have no value to you and so we do have to look at our career. We have to look at our friends. We have to look at our loved ones. We have to look at our relationships, who we're having sex with, right? What are we putting our time, energy, and attention into? Those are the kinds of things that are gonna massively impact. And that's why I do love the concept of a new year because a new year is a framework that we can use as a way to kind of motivate or prioritize reorienting and shifting our thinking or our lives. And so I do like it for that purpose. It's only a calendar year. Um, so start to do that. Start to look at the different domains in your life. Do they give me worth, value, and meaning, right? What is my time and energy really put into? And you have, you have to add some bravery and courage to that. You have to be willing to say no, to set boundaries, to make changes, to venture out into that you know wilderness of what's to be. But honestly, that's the... Uh, That's the purpose of the second half of life, which isn't rooted in age. It's rooted in whatever it's rooted in. The first part of life for many can be, you know, from birth till 30, from birth till 40, from birth till 50, from birth till 60. It's up to you when you enter that second psychological phase of life. And that's when we no longer are really worried about what the world wants and needs from us, but we transition into what do I need? What do I want? How do I want my life to be? That's the second phase of life. It's you up against yourself. We're no longer rooted in the car you have, the job you have, you know, if you have a gym body, all those things, that's ego. That's materialism. That's first phase of life stuff. That's what you're supposed to be worrying about. What's my job? What's my identity? All those pieces. Second phase of life is what is this all about? What's my legacy? What am I doing with my time energy? right? What do I want my life to be rooted in? That's the second phase of life. And for some that can occur early. And the second phase of life for many occurs later. Sometimes after something really disastrous or dark happens, that's what's needed sometimes to catapult us. Now in our culture, we'll use words like midlife crisis. No, it's a midlife breakthrough. We have to orient that and say, this isn't a bad thing. We are at some point in midlife supposed to look around and say, what am I doing? What is this about? And to make changes. 
we, we mock it and put it down as though what made sense in your 20s and 30s or even your 40s should make sense forever. No, that early stuff is ego. It's materialism. It's consumerism. Second half of life, whenever that midlife crisis occurs, seek it, is about you saying, all right, this is a breakthrough. It's a dark time, but I'm, emer- I'm going to use it to learn more uh, and to emerge better. That's what good therapy does is it has you really look at your thought processes, what's most meaningful, what are your ethics, and is your life rooted in that? But going into those dark moments that propel us and motivate us to really shine a light, to find the gold in that darkness. So again, seek those midlife crises, seek those breakdowns, because it's a midlife breakthrough. It's a midlife breakthrough, and that's what can finally help usher us into true happiness really creating the kind of life you want to have so that you look back going, I like what I did with my time. Now, until then, there are other things we can do. Because while we can't force certain things, we can lay the conditions around which some of these things can emerge. So the first one we talked about is therapy, right? Really looking at our thought process, looking at our thinking, looking at our mood, looking at our personality and our characterological style, right? Because those are part of things that help or get in the way. So that's part of the psychological interventions. I love that. A lot of amazing books out there written around that. Good therapy will help with that. Um, And even that's where things like mindfulness can possibly come in, right? Things like that show up. A lot of those self-helpy kinds of pieces. And that's the psychological, right? Really meaningful, really important. Always want to be looking at that. And everyone should always know what their work is. If you're not in therapy, at least ask yourself, what's my psychological work? What do I need to be addressing in myself? What do I need to be changing? So focus on that. And then the next one we can move into is just like the physicality, the somatics. Are we embodied? Are we honoring our bodies? Are we loving our bodies? Are we neutralizing how we feel about our bodies? But our relationship to our body matters in this current world. Um, We're going to come back and we'll talk more about how we can kind of lay the conditions upon which the important things can emerge. Uh, Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page in our story, so weigh in on that. And uh, DMs, always open, so if you got a DM for us, slide on in there. And as always, Loveline past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. Check it out. We'll be right back, though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to lay the general, more basic daily and gradual foundation to lead us to a life of happiness. And we're we're challenging that word. It's really about contentment. Um, And we're also saying the overarching answer is how do we build a happier life is about focusing on purpose and meaning. What gives me value? Um, Also looking at our signature strengths. That's a really big one. The things, the aspects of ourselves that we most, most, um, how do I want to say that we value the most? I want to keep using that word though. Uh, the parts of ourselves that excite us, that we feel confident in, that make us feel like we're doing something meaningful. For instance, we've talked about this a little bit, but if you're someone who values creativity and artism, um, aesthetic, all these different pieces, you don't want to be doing a, uh, you don't want to be sending your life working in material and numbers and inverse. If you're someone who loves numbers and you love science and you love statistics, you are not going to find contentment and happiness if you're working in a creative field. That's a very severe basic reduction of the concept. But signature strengths are what are the part of yourselves that you value the most, you get excited about, you like utilizing. You want to center your life or your career in those pieces, with those pieces, right? 
So for me, I'm someone where I, I, I do like science. I do like philosophy. I like cultural anthropology. I like social justice and feminism. All that gets to be utilized by me when I'm doing therapy, when I'm doing media, when I'm lecturing and educating. And so I'm utilizing my signature strength. So that really gives me a lot of contentment. I feel good. I like I like the parts of myself that are getting utilized, but also getting seen and engaged with. That is part of it. And that bumps into some of the psychological. Now we're talking also about the physical, right? Getting towards happiness and contentment is about getting more embodied. We spend a lot of our times disembodied, being forced to sit still. That is not body positivity. That is not embodiment. That's the opposite. Um, us not being able to just go to the bathroom when we need to go to the bathroom. And then again, I'm looking at everything through the lens of embodiment. So I'm not saying something's bad, but we're talking about somatics. When you maybe uh, do something athletic or you dance or you do yoga, also often can be disembodied because you're being forced into positions. You're not naturally and intuitively letting your body tell you what to do and how it feels. People are pushing you, holding you, forcing you, giving you a plan that's disembodied. I'm not saying there's not a place for that, and I'm not saying there's not a benefit for that. And I even hate that I have to give such a caveat. But uh, through my recent social media posts, I realized that if I don't give a disclaimer caveat, <laughs> people get all sorts of upset because they don't actually listen to what's being said. So yes, having someone tell you what to do with your body, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, that's disembodiment. That is not intuitive movement. And we do need some of that in our lives right? We can't have everything so structured and forced and conformity based. And that's what happens with a lot of athletics and dance and yoga and some gym routines. Um, the creativity's pulled out, the intuitiveness, and we're trying to learn how to be back in our bodies, letting our bodies communicate and guide us. So we want to get back to that. Also environmental pieces, that matters very much in terms of happiness and contentment. Um, I shared a story a long time ago on the show about how I was really forced to reflect on how long it had been since my bare feet were on the naked raw earth, in the sand, in the dirt. Many of us can go years with us only having socks or shoes between us and the bare earth. It's called grounding. We need to be connecting with nature. That is not woo-woo. That is not even spiritual, although there are spiritual components to it. I'm just talking on the basic level of physical and mental health. We need time in nature, the environment. We are not disconnected from the environment, but we force disconnection by building house, houses and pavement and ground. We need to immerse ourselves back in there. You can see when people go to the beach or they go hiking or out in nature, you can see the visible physical and psychological shift that occurs. It's a soothing, it's a grounding. It is fascinating to watch if you track it in yourself or other people. That is part of happiness and contentment, connecting to something bigger and greater than ourselves right? That's part of all this, giving things bigger meaning, realizing we're not separate at all. In fact, we've talked about again, how relationships, we are separated merely by our skin and truly attached, loving, committed relationships, our nervous systems and our brains wire and commingle, right? So we are not as separate as we think, but American individualism is so obsessed with this idea of doing things on your own. You just have to worry about yourself. And that's just a denial of interpersonal neurobiological truth and ecological truth. We are very much an open system, always connected, right? And when we don't get to decide how we feel, people can make us feel a certain way. People can absolutely make you feel a certain way by what they say, what they do, what they trigger in you. It's called empathy, mirror neurons. <laughs> Our brains are a social organ. It's okay to recognize that, but we want to utilize that in a positive way so as to not harm people, right? Um, 
And then finally, it's always just the whole interpersonal piece. There's just something so valuable in terms of working on happiness and contentment, uh, looking at the relational health that you are immersed in. <clears throat> the health of those around you definitely impacts your own individual health. And uh, that bums some people out, but I think we can harness that if we're willing to be really thoughtful about what we talk about, who we're around, and the impact that those things and those people have on us. That's, if nothing else, that's the one thing I want you all to get out of Loveline and the work I do is that compassion and care matters, relationship matters, we are relational beings, we need to take that more seriously, we need to care about how we impact others, which we're seriously seeing being compromised in uh, people's inability to even wear a damn mask. All right, so coming up next is uh, DMs. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Alrighty, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Hey, Dr. Chris, I've noticed that since the beginning of the pandemic, my temper has been super short. Yep, I feel you. The littlest thing set me off, and I know I'm overacting nine out of 10 times, but I can't help it. Is this normal? Is there anything I can do to relax? Okay, so a lot of us are like nodding along. We're like, oh yeah, short fuse. Here's the thing, um, we need energy to regulate ourselves, right? And that's why earlier in the day, it's easiest, easiest for us to uh, knock things off our to-do list, to follow our you know, meal plan. But later at night, we're tired, we're burnt out. It is really hard to get anything else done. We, it's, it's not fully present, we're not fully present, we're burnt out. We're like, eh, I'm gonna just do what I need to do. You know, and, and that's part of, again, like I said, regulation. And we are tired and burnt out because again, we're not just doing our normal routine. We have the threads of economic instability around there, political, worrying about COVID. Yeah, we're burnt out. So that's the first piece I want to tell you is the reason why you have a short fuse is you don't have the energy to regulate and ground yourself. You're tired and exhaustion and stress do not allow us to stay grounded and calm. And so when you realize, oh, I, I'm hearing or thinking about flying off the handle, right? That's when you have to say to yourself, I need to pause. I need to take a step away from everyone. Hey, everyone, you know what? I just got home from work. Happy to see y'all. I'm already feeling like I'm just not really regulated or grounded. Let me go take a shower or a bath or get something to eat. And then like, let me come reconnect. Because that's how you protect yourself. Um, boundaries go two ways. We protect other people from us and we protect other, ourselves from other people. And so if you're realizing and you feel in your body like I can start to see that short fuse because I hear what I'm saying in the tone, it's your job to check yourself and say, hey, let me come back to this conversation or I got to get off the phone like I'm kind of losing myself or hey, honey, you know what? I'm going to stop the conversation. I'm not comfortable or proud of how I'm starting to speak to you. So like, let me come back in an hour. Let me go change out of my work clothes, whatever it is. But you have to check yourself. That's what healthy people do. They listen to their tone and they hear whether or not they're stressed and they accommodate, you know, they do what they need to do. But basically there's not a solution because we are in a pandemic. That is a stressful thing. I don't, there is no way to just magically thrive within that. We're just doing the best we can. And so I want people to give you a little bit of a break or giving yourself a little bit, a little bit of a break, but um, yeah, we can't just magically not be impacted by what's going on. It doesn't work that way. And I think some people think that there's always a quick tip. What's the quick tip? What are the three steps to just not be impacted by the pandemic or financial insecurity? It doesn't work like that, right? So protect your relationships and your own mental health by tracking how you feel. And don't be getting into triggering topics. Don't be having heavy conversations if you're not feeling grounded. And maybe have those difficult conversations in the morning when you're rested. And if and that's the that's your other answer. You said, what can I do? Sleep more. That's right. Clear out your schedule, sleep more. 
work a few less hours, leave work early, sleep more, sleep more, sleep more, focus on what you're eating. Yes, nutrition matters. That is not body negative. Nutrition actually does matter. What we're eating does impact how we feel in our energy levels. A hundred percent. Watch your caffeine intake. How much alcohol are you drinking? Remove those things. Maybe stop drinking. Maybe drink less. Maybe less coffee. Maybe stop drinking coffee earlier in the day. That's burning out your adrenal glands. Eat more nutrient-dense food if you have access and you're interested in that. Sleep way more. That's what you need to do. That's the best we can do because right now is not an ideal situation. There's not an ideal solution to it, and we're just trying to get through the best we can. But I'm proud of you for asking this question because that's the first step. You're recognizing I'm not at my best. But hear that quote before we go. I want to hear. I want to say that quote again. Healthy people will notice and say things like, hey, I need to stop or step away because I don't feel confident or I'm not okay with the way I'm starting to talk to you. We check in and track ourselves. You need to do that. That's the best way through because you don't want to burn out and burn through your relationships because there's still impact, right? Sadly, we can't just hide out in our bed or relocate ourselves until the pandemic's over and everything else stabilizes. So we have to still look out for our family, our relationships, our loved ones, and everyone around us. So that's what you got to do. You know, it's all that self-care stuff that I ramble about endlessly. That is the best way to be our best. So give it a shot. Try. But track yourself and check yourself, you know, and make sure you're bringing some joy and pleasure into your day every single day, moments, as much joy and pleasure as we can. We are not here to just work. That is the reminder. All right, y'all. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some COVID stuff and emotional regulation. Ah, I love when things are synchronistically connected. Uh, You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. Alrighty, we're back. And uh, one of the things I keep getting asked by journalists uh, to give quotes on is how COVID is interacting and impacting our sex lives. Um, First, I want to just talk about how it's impacting relationships because, oh man, it's having a really powerful one. So on one hand, there are people that are taking a break from dating uh, because they're tired, they're burnt out, they don't feel great. Remember, dating is about... (laughs) what we're offering. And if we don't feel desirable, it's hard for us to imagine someone else feeling desirable towards us, feeling desire towards us, excuse me. And that's okay. And some people are saying, look, I'm worried about money, housing, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I don't feel good, I don't wanna date, awesome. So on one hand, there's people that are kind of opting out. On the other hand, we've talked about how there's people that are opting in because they're thinking, I'm lonely. There's other people that are lonely. I want some joy and fun in my life. It feels good to get a really cute, flirty text. It feels good for someone to reach out and connect with me. So some people are leaning in, and I'm, I'm here for that. I think it's great. People are lonely. Let people have joy brought into their lives. You can absolutely, you can date well right now, actually. It's just different. People keep saying, oh, we're going back to traditional values. We've always, always had traditional values, and let's not over-legitimize traditional values. There's a lot of traditional values that are gross. A traditional value of our country is homophobia and racism. Let's not forget that. Um, also, women weren't even allowed to open a bank account in their own name until the 70s. So traditional values I have a lot of issues with because they're very gendered, they're sexist, toxic masculinity. Um, so we're not going back to traditional values. What, because you're talking on the phone more? It's just different. We're not using the technological advancements. Um, but they help us, and we can, and we're FaceTiming, and we're talking. Uh, and that's beautiful. And you can meet outside with a mask. We've talked a lot about that. But we're looking more so at how it's impacted sex. So research, this came out of China. Researchers in China were looking at um, and this was, between, this was last year. They were just looking at basically this time spent in a month 
on same-sex partners and opposite-sex partners, and they're looking at the powerful drop in sexual behaviors. And we're seeing some of that here in the States as well. But it's very reasonable because, again, think about it. A lot of people are spending all day home in their pajamas. There is nothing inherently arousing or intriguing about that for many couples. Some people, their sexuality is always on fire. They're tired, that means they're horny. They're bored, that means they're horny. They're hungry, that means they're horny. It's just something that's always present. Awesome. But for others, they're not feeling at their best. They're not feeling great about themselves or other people, and so they're not necessarily wanting to engage in sexual activity. Um, and that's fine. I'm telling people, remember, everything's contextualized. How things are now is not how they'll always be. This is not the new norm for you in terms of your sex life. And again, we're just talking about partnered sex. Solo sex is its own form of sexuality that it's often still operating. People are taking advantage of that. So that's still happening, and that's always available to us. Don't feel like right now all your sexual needs have to be getting met by your current partner. Um, and don't panic if your partner is showing a new level of decreased desire where there was desire before. Because again, for some of us, we're too immersed in all these negative things that are happening, or we're too too deeply connected in our relationship because we're with each other around the clock all day long. And so there's no room for desire for some, right? Um, and also we're looking at a lot of increased conflict. The current time's amplifying a lot of things. So things that before you got a break from, time away from, now is maybe they're around the clock. You know, attributes about your partner or your relationship or other things around you that before you got time away and distractions, you don't. And that's, you know, that's interrupting that system as well. It's supposed to, you know? And then, you know, People are tired. <laughs> Exhaustion is such, it's one of the top three killers of sex drive. We have to have the energy to want to be sexual. Sexuality requires energy. It can be depleting. And if we're already having a very tired, depleting, flat day, we don't necessarily have the energy left over for that. And that's okay. And that's why I'm holding all these studies very, very, very loosely. So we're, 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 we're again, remember, we're, we're doing the best we can. We're letting everyone off the hook. <laughs> We're holding people accountable to like truly problematic behaviors, but we're not going to panic relationally over a shift in both sex, but also in interest or how the relationship feels. And I know it feels so real and it is real and what's happening right now does matter. But at the same time, we have to know that we're in a phase and we're going to merge out. We're, we're, we're sitting very much in the third phase, uh, the third psychological phase, right? Where the newness of it, of all that's going off COVID is worn off and being home and then we dropped into the flatness and the depression, right? When will this let up? I'm feeling limited. And then we kind of got a little more comfortable and now we're getting a little stir crazy and we're getting a little frustrated. None of that is necessarily gonna be positive on a relationship, but absolutely not positive on sexuality, right? So do your best, <laughs> drop the bar on each other, hang in there and still try to find ways to flirt still try to find ways to romance. We don't want to just give up and totally let go. It can sometimes be hard to bridge back, but we're not panicking. And that's what I'm reminding people. Just be where you are. It's okay. We're letting others be where they are, you know? But you can still have a date night. <laughs> you can still try to flirt. You can still have some form of sexuality. We're getting really diverse and creative with ourselves and other people. So um, if you are lonely, get out there and date. And if you are wanting sex partners that can be had in a safe way via technology, you know, it's just a different world right now, but it will shift and change. And I'm thankful for that. So hang in there. Um, but uh, we're going to talk in a minute about emotional exhaustion, because I think, man, those that aren't familiar with it are, are sure familiar now and also the gravity of it all. So when we come back, we'll talk about that question of the night as up, uh, as always is up on our Loveline IG page in the story. So uh, weigh in on that. And then some DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q 
and radio.com. All right, we're back talking about emotional exhaustion. Um, those that are parents are probably saying, yeah, no kidding. We've been living this for a while and many have, it's about a depletion. You know, there's only so much emotional labor and, um, emotional, um, adapting that we can do. There are, as we say all the time, going to be things that are happening around us or in our lives that are bigger than we have the capacity to deal with. And we're going to borrow a concept that comes out of the disability movement, the disability rights movement. And that's the whole concept of spoons where everyone wakes up in the morning with a certain number of spoons and everyone's number of spoons is going to be different. Again, this is a metaphor and the spoons symbolize how much energy you have for that day. And depending on what's required that day, you might have a lot left over at the end of the day, or you might not have many. And some people, if they only have four in the morning and getting the kids ready for school takes two, and then they want to, you know, go shopping and that's going to take the other two. They have to say, well, then I won't have any energy left for my family that night. And so I need to not go shopping. And that's for people that have different illnesses and disorders, um, fibromyalgia, pain. And, but that applies to all of us right now where we don't all wake up with the same amount of energy. We don't all have the same capacity. Psychology tells us how diversified that is. Everyone has a different biology, right? And so we have to pay attention to that that for some of us, just dealing with the context reduces a lot of our spoons. Some people wake up with four, some people maybe have 10, but the political context, like between sessions, I'm looking at the news, that's the removal of some of that. That's depleting my gas tank. And so we have to be very thoughtful. Sometimes I won't watch the news between sessions because I wanna have my energy to get through my clinical day. And so that matters with emotional exhaustion. What are we up against? And we're looking at a context that we've never had before. So we've got the political environment, we have coronavirus, we have um, financial and housing insecurity for many. And then what, what are we dealing with at home? Well, all of these pieces are part of that. So what does it look like? It can look like irritability. It can look like frustration, nervousness, right? Difficulty concentrating, some brain fog, not being able to focus, feeling kind of flat, tired, depressed, not sleeping well. That is part of that. And I use the spoon metaphor to just normalize and say everyone wakes up with a certain amount of gas in their tank and that's all they get for the day. We can't always refill that. Sometimes the day is about looking at what we, how much gas we have or how many spoons we have and what we need to do. And now self-care can help, but it's not always refilling or recharging. It doesn't always give us more spoons. Sometimes that's just about us being as mentally healthy as possible while dealing with a depleted gas tank or not enough spoons. So we have to be very thoughtful about that. So that means A, be kind with yourself. We are all in a different position. Just because your best friend or your loved one seems to have a full tank and 10 spoons, that doesn't matter. You are who you are and you're built the way you are. And if you're waking up with half a tank and only four spoons, you have to live within that. You have to accept where you are. So it's about acceptance and, and really giving ourselves the grace to just be who we are. Um, I have to do that as well. Then we move into setting boundaries. We can't just let people pulse in a zillion directions. Sometimes there's only so many things we can put on our schedule in the day. And we can't just keep tacking on more because that will reduce our ability to have the spoons or the gas we need in our tank for tomorrow, right? Because the day before does matter for the next day. How much sleep can you get? High quality? And what happened the day before? What do you have to do tomorrow? So we have to think in a larger sense. So you have to set boundaries around your availability, what you're willing to do. Don't take on too much. Don't try to be a superhero, right? Um, sometimes you have to say to someone, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. I know I told you I could. Please find someone else. 
Um, so saying no, boundaries, recharging, asking someone else to maybe take on the responsibility that normally they would or don't or wouldn't, whatever it is, but reaching out to others and saying, hey, can you maybe pick up the kids? I, I'm really feeling emotionally exhausted right now, right? We have to be willing to afford that to ourselves and other people. But then you also want to think about what are the things that do refill you? Is there, I mean, I, I've gotten really good at understanding what I need to eat, how much water I need to drink. I will do music therapy at night where like I've talked about, I sit in the dark with my headphones on, detached from the world, just listening to music, letting it recharge me. I watch things that make me feel better. And I'm just very thoughtful about the things that kind of bring me down to zero. Um, you can only deal with so much in your day. There's this weird idea that there's some valor or glory and just running ourselves down because, well, they're such a hard worker. No, let's be, let's be supportive of people that are a hard rester or a hard conserver. Let's start, let's stop glamorizing people just overburdening themselves and running themselves into the ground. I work with far too many people where I'm telling them, you need to get rid of some of the things in your life. You do, you cannot do all that you're trying to do. You cannot manage that many things, too many balls in the air. You know, we have to make some changes. And that's what could maybe come out of right now is a starting to learn what kind of life do we want? What do we need to get rid of? What do we need to limit? What do we need to set boundaries around? And so I like that more rest, not, we need less work and we need more rest, but we need to be supported in that, you know, and not everyone's going to be familiar with these concepts or supportive. Some people might think that emotional exhaustion is just people trying to get out of having to do things or being irresponsible or being lazy. I don't believe in the word lazy. There's no such thing as laziness. There's what you're interested in, what you're not interested in, what you have energy for, what you don't have energy for, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. There's people that prioritize rest and leisure. That's not lazy, <laughs> right? We're so focused on making our worth tied to what we produce, right? And outcomes that we ignore our actual mental health, which is tied to how it feels to be within the systems that force us to keep producing. And so I'm always inspired and very supportive of people that are setting those boundaries and focusing on rest and healing. We need more of that. So I challenge you all to do that with yourselves and those around you. If nothing else, just bring up this conversation. You know, some people, it's so liberating for them to hear the word emotional exhaustion because they think it has to be about physical. But sometimes it has nothing to do with our body's level of energy, it's the mental energy. You know, when I do therapy, it doesn't have a lot of um, demonstrable physicality in it, but it is very emotionally taxing psychologically taxing. You can't see that depletion. So when I say, well, you're just sitting all day, yes. But the emotional and psychological energy that's required leads to the, that level of depletion. And those that are caregivers know exactly what I'm talking about. So we gotta get better about that. Uh, question night, as always, is up on our Level Energy page in the stories. We're gonna be hitting that up when we come back, so still some time to weigh in on that. And then we'll be closing out the show with some DMs and uh, check out past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. All right, y'all, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and radio.com. All right, we are back, and uh, I love this. Google, Google's going to replace the need for college degrees with six-month certificates. I love that. Because remember, there's something a little bit classist and elitist in academia. Not everyone has the money to go to school. Even if school's paid for, they still have to worry about transportation, books, housing. Do you know how expensive textbooks are? It's gross, students. 
some of the lowest income, poorest people, while student, because of student, those are the people that you're charging those exorbitant prices for textbooks. It's really offensive. And not everyone wants to go to school. Not everyone needs to go to school. A lot of your curriculum is useless, wasted time and energy, truly. So I love this. Google's like, we don't need all that mess. We will take six month certificates. I think it's beautiful. It opens the doors for more people to succeed. Again, not everyone also has time or money for childcare to go to school, or not everyone is near a school. Not everyone is able to relocate to go to school or has transportation, right? It's a severe limit and everyone should have more opportunity to move towards the goals they have. So I love this. So basically the tech giant Google's announced that they'll accept Google learning certificates in place of college degrees, six month courses. I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's really stunning. They're also uh, announced it'll be sourcing funds for a hundred thousand scholarships. See, that's the way you improve culture. Let people have better access. Don't make it so hard. The ivory towers of academia are not achievable by everyone. And I've said this to people in my own field, <clears throat> go to school so you can get licensed. Then you got to unlearn all the mess you learn because psychology really teaches you to smell data problematic stuff. So, um, yeah, get in there and get out. All right, y'all time for question of the night. According to Cosmo, here are five signs that it's time to break up with your partner. See, interesting stuff. Number one, you don't feel like a priority. Number two, thinking about marriage or the future with them freaks you out. I don't agree with that one <laughs> because uh, future is a lot of scarce. So not every relationship has to be in service of marriage. Sometimes this is what it is. It's, as, it's just, this goes no further than this. And that's okay. Not every relationship has to be in service of going further. Uh, Cosmo often gets it wrong, but that's okay. They also say you think about having sex with other people. Well, that's actually normal. We have eyes. We're going to be attracted to other things. So I don't agree with that either. Cosmo also says, wow, they're not doing so well here. Uh, you feel like they're being way too clingy. Well, that's also just a sign of not being compatible, right? Some people want more closeness and intimacy than we do. And we're not clingy. We just want more closeness and intimacy than you do. Let's not shame that. You feel like you're on different pages. Okay, you're not compatible. That's cool. Um, what a mess. But the question of the night, we'll go there. This is better. I hope you guys don't let me down with your answers. What are some signs? that you've noticed that say it's time to break up with your partner. I think that for number three, which was you think about having sex with other people, you can think about having sex with other people, but it will be a problem if those fantasies don't stop. Or if it's about one specific person, like if you dream about someone, that's okay. But if it's like a coworker and you're actively wondering what sex like is like with them, then you'll probably cheat. I don't know if you have good boundaries, you can be around anyone and you don't cheat. I don't think it's as simple as if you're thinking about someone you're going to cheat. Yikes. Uh, what are some other signs? Someone else said, if you feel stuck or bored and you've tried to spice things up, it's time to go. I feel decently with that. You know, a good relationship that's going to have some sustainability or health is when we're with someone who's willing to constantly work on it. You know what I mean? It shouldn't take a lot of work. Relationships should not take a lot of work. They should take work though, right? And they're always interested in keeping it alive and keeping it fresh. Someone else said, if everything your partner does makes you mad or the other way around, that is true. Because usually that's deep resentment and that's a sign that the relationship does need a lot of help or might need to end when you actually dislike your partner. Yeah, when you've gotten to a place where you can't stand anything about them, then what's the point? That's not why we get into relationships, make our lives harder. So just lovingly exit at that point, seriously. Someone else said, if you're not attracted or wanna have sex anymore, that's usually a big sign. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, it's a sign to at least open up if you wanna maintain all the other things that are working. But if not, yeah, maybe it's time to say, let's just be friends because that's what we already are. 
because sex and romance aren't there. <laughs> Let's just be adults and acknowledge that. That's actually really healthy. And it's a very loving thing to call out to your partner. Hey, we don't have romance or sexuality. Like, let's do something about that. Or let's just be friends. Or let's still cohabitate and raise our kids, but have an open marriage or open relationship. You know? Someone else said, uh, if you choose your friends over your boo, for sure. I want you to choose both. And I want you to make time alone for both. Time for your friends, boys night, girls night out, whatever it is, non-gender night out. And then time for your partner. We're allowed to have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Someone else said, usually when you're fighting really bad, it's time to end it. And someone else said, you just can't change a partner. So if it doesn't work, then you should break up. Again, we get into relationships to make our lives better, to have a companion, to do things with, to help us grow, someone to support us, someone to have trust in. And if those things aren't there, then what are you doing it for? Because you feel like you have to? Because you're scared to leave? Not good enough. You're going to make yourself and them miserable. And that's when relationships become toxic, when we're in them for just anxiety-based reasons or fear. Oh God, that sucks the life out of us, them, and everything around us. Don't be that person. Thanks to those that participated. Question of the Night is up already for the next night. So uh, that's on our Loveline IG page in the stories. As always, thanks to those that are honest and vulnerable. I always love hearing your answers, even when they horrify me. All right, coming up next, we're going to slide into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. And we'll be back in two minutes with that two-minute promise. All righty, we're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs sliding into the dms all right here we go hey dr chris my name is henry that's a good name i don't hear that that much anymore and i'm dating someone who lives in another country yo me too henry me too i'm in the u.s and he is currently in argentina doing work oh, argentina is beautiful we started dating online during the pandemic and now he's stuck out there till july oh man heart goes out to you because that's far different time zone and uh, July is a little far away. It's okay, it's okay. We're kind of made a deal that we wouldn't hook up with anyone, but on his Instagram, bum, 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 I see so many people commenting and he's commenting back. Yes, that is what we do on Instagram, boo. Uh, I don't wanna be crazy, good, because sometimes things can get lost in translation. I just wanna know exactly where we stand. Is that bad? First off, social media is, hear that word, social. It is about engagement and healthy people are in relationships with people they trust and they have learned to trust. And so they're not tracking people's comments. So that's my first rule. Stop looking at the comments because what you're doing is you're looking for an issue. That's what you're looking for. You're looking to make sure there isn't one so you can breathe and then you're looking to find one so you can feel validated. Stop reading the comments. That's actually a misuse. And that can start to fall under emotional abuse where you're tracking your partner and you're seeing if they make any mistakes. And it's like, don't do that, man. Don't do that. You're setting yourselves both up. And so work on trusting. And if you don't trust this person, then we have, we have to work on that, right? But don't, don't try to manage, micromanage their social media. That is the point of it. And you want to be in a healthy relationship because it's a toxic element of monogamy to try to really regulate and control who they're talking to. Let, let, let him comment back and forth. What, you know, that's what, again, social media is about. Conversation. And that's why we post. Don't worry about that. But do you, should you be able to ask about where you, you stand? Yeah, I appreciate that you're staying connected, you're closing off access to connecting with other people on a romantic or sexual level, and you're trying to prioritize this person, and it's a lot of time and energy. I know what that's like. I'm dating someone in another country as well, and we're not able to see each other right now. Um, so yes, it's okay to want to feel connected, but that's what I want to tell you to do, is when you feel insecure, instead of scrolling through their comments, connect 
When you feel insecure, connect. When you feel insecure, reach out. When you feel insecure, send something cute. That's how we feel better and safe because then they'll show up and respond to that and you'll be reminded, this person cares about me because that's what the question is. Can I trust them? Do they care about me? And the answer most likely is yes. And that's why this person's willing to do a long-term relationship or I'm sorry, a long distance. But them commenting and having conversations on their IG is the, is the correct use of IG, right? That's what it's for. And so again, when we feel most disconnected or insecure, that's a sign that maybe we feel too much space and we should just reach out. Hey, thinking about you having a great day or FaceTime them, but stop the tracking because that's emotionally abusive when someone goes through someone's phone or they're tracking their comments. And that says a lot about you, not about that person. Because again, I want them to be having, I hope you want this too. I posted this on my social media as well. Us being brought into someone's life, right? Because they're, they're willing to date us or whatever it is. We should be making someone's life better due to our presence. You don't want to be brought into someone's life and then make it harder because that means you need to then be single and work on yourself, right? If every time we date someone, we make their lives harder and more difficult and more problematic then we're an issue, right? And so you want people to be better off because you're brought into their life, not worse off. And so don't start being one of those people that's getting so nitpicky and anxious. But yes, it's totally cool, especially with the distance, to want to know where you stand. And also make sure you're connecting every day. A little text message, send a picture, a video chat, a phone call, a gift. You know, that's how we feel better and that's how we feel more grounded. But we don't want this person to feel as though inherently just being on their social media and talking to people is bad because it's not. Look, as I've said over and over, Times are tough right now, you know, and we're doing the best we can, right? Nothing's, nothing, nothing's ideal. And it's very hard to be apart from people. It's very hard to uh, not be apart from people. (laughs) Some people are saying, I wish there's a little distance or space, which for those that are feeling that FYI, go in the other room for a bit, go read a book, go take a walk, go sit in the car, go for a drive. You know, we want to build in that space. But for those that have too much space, so many ways with technology to stay connected. So uh, take advantage of that. All right, y'all, that is our show. Question night for tomorrow is up on our Love and IG page, so weigh in on that. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about gender neutrality and pronouns. I know, more of that because we're going to see more of that. Also, we're going to be talking about how to flirt with consent because flirting shouldn't be used as a way to make someone feel bad or unsafe. And some of the things we think that are okay actually aren't. If you want to check out more episodes of Loveline, you can go over to wearechannelq.com. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night.